Praise the Lord. He's good, amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to give it up for our very own Pastor Vince. Vincent. Well, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. If you don't mind standing with me and open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6, I'll be reading verses 8 through 16. Joshua chapter 6, verses 8 through 16. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets. The ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time, the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the people, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the people returned to the camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people to shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Father, we thank you for your word. Let it be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our, our path. Let it reveal your will for our lives, Lord, tonight and every day, God. May we walk, Lord, in the center of your will. Lead us and guide us by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, and you may be seated. Wow. You know, we just came off a prophetic conference. I know you hear it a lot. You know, it seems as there's a lot of things that happened after that prophetic conference. It just seems like the, you know, like sickness, weariness, tiredness, you know, hit this church. But yet here we are tonight, regardless of how sick, regardless of how tired we are, hallelujah, following, hallelujah, the Lord, and doing what he tells us to do. Now, the Hebrew word for shout is ruah. You know, it's, it's kind of like even that military, they ruah. You know, it's kind of like that, you know. It's a, it's a shout um, of triumph over your enemy. But Joshua describes it as this. He said it's a war cry. And you need a cry that will send you to war. You know, there's a cry that comes out of you, a, 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 a scream, a holler from the depths of your soul that even causes the enemy to cringe. In the shrink back. God's given you a shout. He's given you a pronunciation. You know, you're created in God's image. 
God gave you a mouth for a reason. When God created the earth, he didn't create the earth with his thoughts, although he could have. You know, but what he did was he spoke the earth into existence. And he said, you guys are, are, are like me. I want you to use your mouth the way I created you to use it. And there's one use of his mouth that sometimes we neglect. We try to be so quiet. We try to, we try to go through things so, so timidly and so peacefully and so quietly and so personally. But there is times in our lives when the enemy has gone too far, when he's messed with us too much. And that's when we need to lift up a shout of praise unto God that will shake the very heavens. Hallelujah. That means we need to scream. We need to holler. We need to do whatever we can do to get ourselves fired up, to get ourselves pumped up, to get ourselves in the mood to do what we don't feel like doing. Enemy just wants us to lay down and be quiet. But sometimes God has given us a shout. You know, God spoke to me at EMP one morning. We was praying. And I was looking out over the horizon. I was looking out over the city. We have a beautiful spot on top of a hill that oversees the valley. God put us there for a reason. And God spoke to me and he said, I've given you the city. And I said, what? And he says, yeah, I've given you the city. Sometimes we need to open our eyes and understand. what, And we need to see. We, we need to know what God is doing in the earth. And we look at it. He's given us a city. What does that mean? You know, how can we have a city? The Bible says it's not by might nor power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And when he says spiritually I've given you the, the city, that's exactly what he's done. You've got to remember that in, in, in occasions God put people in circumstances and situations. Do you know that Nehemiah, we're reading the book of Nehemiah in early morning prayer. You know Nehemiah was a slave. He was a slave that was allowed to go back to, to Jerusalem and rebuild the city walls. A slave. He was given military might, he was given money, he was given provision, and the king, he was a slave. You know, Daniel was a slave. And the king had nobody, he says, nobody is, is, is higher than Daniel besides me. And, and even for a time, while Daniel was there, the king went crazy. And Daniel ran the whole city. As a matter of fact, you know, they felt that they were the most powerful thing in the world, and he ran the whole world. A slave. See, God is not, is not hindered by your circumstance and by your situation. If you will see with God's eyes, God will overcome your environment. Hallelujah. And anoint you and appoint you to do great and mighty things. And though nobody knows you and nobody's ever heard of you and things like that, if you, if you are tuned into God, God will use you to change a city. It's like, whoa, he can do that. Yeah. He can do what he wants to do. But he wants to work with you. He wants to work with people. You got to get your eyes off yourself. You know, there was, there was a people that once told, told their friends that they were grasshoppers in their own sights. You know what I'm saying? And I believe just God just shook their head. You know, why are they thinking like they're grasshoppers? You know, why are they doing that? They're men, they're, they're made in my image. And they could do what I told, told them they could do. And Joshua was one of the two and said, we are well able to go up and take the country. God's trying to give us a city. And we're trying to count numbers and see how strong we got it and how, how much money we got. Or what. No. 
God's trying to get us to believe and take a hold of his word. And with his word, we can beat the snot out of the devil. When God says, I've given you the city, that means he's going to restore his kingdom. His kingdom is going to come here, and his will is going to be done here. There's going to be miracle signs and wonders, because there's no sick people in heaven. He says, man, you can bring my kingdom right here, right now, today. You know, we need to learn how to shout sometimes. You know, we're way too quiet. Y'all just don't make no noise. Y'all can have all the church y'all want to. Just don't disturb us. Don't bother us. Oh, we about to bother everything that bothered us before. You know, when you shout, man, you raise up a sound, you cry out, you give a blast. We're shouting a war cry. You know, we're already at war. I don't want to cause no trouble. You know, I, I just want to get along. You know, I just want to have peace. While they, while they be shooting us and killing us and saying all manner of evil against us, we're supposed to sit back and be quiet about that. I don't think so. The kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violence advances by force. And what does that mean? Does that mean we go get guns and start shooting people? No. That means done, having done all the stand, we stand there for that we will show up. You know, the Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. I got some news for you. Did you ever notice that gates don't move? In order for us to advance the kingdom of God, we have to assault the enemy. We have to go after the gates of hell. They're not coming to us. We're going to them. We're not running. We're not stepping back. We're not sitting down. We're going after. We are advancing the kingdom of God. We will go out to the highways and byways and compel them to go in, come in. We will lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We will cast out demons in Jesus' mighty name. We ain't scared of the enemy. Those days are over. We need to just raise up a holy shout, a war cry over this city, and let them know that we was alive. Let me tell you something. You know, we went down to the county building down there where they was trying to decide whether or not to legalize marijuana. Well, it's already legal. But they grow it here in the county of, of Wasilla. You know, whatever this is, whatever the city, valley, whatever. And they tried to do that, but we showed up at the gates. Um, and we shouted the enemy down. Yeah, they want us to be quiet. We the only ones can't, can't make noise. You're a Christian, you got to be quiet. No, those days are over. It's on now, baby. Hallelujah. We're getting our shout back. We're going to start to holler. You know, we shout sometime in applause. You know, we just shout because somebody told us to shout. Ah! Every somebody scream. Ah! You know. <laughs> you know, sometimes when we're in trouble, we cry out in our distress, you know. And sometimes we have a shout of joy, you know. But I'm telling you, on all the uses of the word shout in the Bible, what Joshua is talking about here, he says, when I tell you the shout, it's the ruah. It's the shout of triumph. It's the shout for victory over your enemies. It's a war cry. 
It's about time we, we're making a war cry. You know, y'all ain't there yet, but I'm going to get y'all there. I'm holding back on purpose, okay? But we have been quiet long enough. You know, the seventh seven is the number of completion. You know, the, you know we used to do, uh, on Good Friday, we used to do the last seven sayings of Jesus. And the last one is, it is finished. Seven is the day of completion. It's also, it's a number for healing. Um, Naaman had to dip seven times. And when he dipped the seventh time, he came up, he was healed. You know, the, the number seven represents uh, a whole lot of things. But I want you to know that even when God created the earth, he rested on the seventh day. You know, it's the number of completion. It's the number of healing. And it's very significant in this passage that God had them walk around the city seven times. Okay, and on, the, and on that seventh day, they shout. Do you know what it reminds me of? The year of Jubilee. Did you know we were in the year of Jubilee? Did you know what that means? That means it's, it's supernatural debt cancellation. Where it's a, it's a time where if you were a slave, that no matter how long you were supposed to be a slave, on the year of Jubilee, they had to release you from all obligation. If you owe people money, they had to release you from the money that you owed them. It's crazy. The, the year of Jubilee, is a great year, you know. It's an awesome year. And it's a year where we're advancing the kingdom of God. It's a year where we're being set free to serve him, to be used by him, that we're letting go of the past, and we're moving on to the... This is the year of Jubilee. We used to sing a song. This is the year of Jubilee. And all the lame shall walk, and the blind shall see, and the Lord... We'll set the captives free. This is the year of Jubilee. Hey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't get us started. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you tonight about seven principles to win spiritual victory. Seven principles to win spiritual victory. Principle number one. Victory always involves you working with other people. You're not going to get spiritual victory. I mean, you can get personal victory in your life. But you're not going to get spiritual victory in your life unless you're in fellowship with other people. You can't take this city by yourself. You can only do it with somebody else. Let me tell you, the Bible says, one to put a thousand to flight, two ten thousand. And what happens is we try to stay in our own little world while the enemy amasses his army and attacks us one at a time because we decide to go through it all by ourselves. And we wonder why we can't get the breakthrough. You're not supposed to do it by yourself. You're supposed to do it in the, in the, in the context of a church family. He said the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. Not against you, but against the church. That's why the Bible says, don't forsake the fellowship. Get involved with people. Get people on your side. And you, when you're praying with somebody, when, you, when you're working alongside somebody, there's a synergy that comes along. There's a, there's a multiplication, an exponential growth in your power and in your authority 
when you work in agreement with other people. You can't get spiritual victory, no matter how hard you try, by yourself. All by myself. Yeah. But you don't have to be like that. You know, you can come join us. You know, when we do an Easter egg hunt, you can come join us when we do a birthday of a king. And together, we can take on the gates of hell, break the devil off this place, and watch like in days of old, people get up and walk out of bars and go, I don't need this anymore. And then walk into a fellowship of believers. Walk out of a barn to the church. Put the needle down. Whoa. That supernaturally, principalities and powers can be broken where people stand together in unity. It's a spiritual victory. And we don't have to go out there. And we don't have to walk into bars. And we don't have to walk into dens of iniquity. People will just come to a realization that they need God. Because the powers and principalities that were influencing them have been broken in our city. God says, shout, I've given you the city. Whoa. Victory is certain. Number two, we have to recognize who's in charge. If we know that God's in charge. Joshua was, wasn't in charge. You know, when he, when he had a confrontation with a spiritual being, that spiritual being, who was Jesus, told him, he said, whose side are you on? And he says, I'm not on your side, and I'm not on their side. But I show up here as the captain of the Lord of hosts, and, and Joshua fell down and worshiped him. You got to realize that God's in command, that he, he's the commander-in-chief. You know, we try to look at people instead of look at God. You know, we try to follow a man instead of following God. You know, we got to be responsible to God. Wow. God will always ultimately be in charge. In verse 2, in Joshua chapter 6, verse 2, it says, But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its mighty warriors. You have to remember that somebody has to be in charge. Okay. Joshua was the pastor. He was the leader. Okay? After God's in charge, God chooses a man. He chooses a person. And he raises them because he's a God of order. And, you know, we have to submit to leadership. Now, I want you to know that, that submission is a military term. What do you mean submission is a military term? It's like this. Submission is you being in a place where you're supposed to be in the formation that you're in. You take up your position. You know, wherever you have been assigned, you take that position. And that way you are able to advance as an army. As long as y'all stay in formation, it's the strongest formation we can for advancing the kingdom. For advancing against an enemy. As long as everybody is doing their job. Not trying to do somebody else's job. Not commenting on somebody else's job. But taking responsibility for their job. And moving forward. And if you don't have a job. In the kingdom, if you don't have a job in this church, you need to get to the place where you can get a job. You need to get free, get over it, get over yourself, and take up your position so that we can advance the kingdom of God. Whoa. You know, where would we all be if we were all the pastors? 
And I mean, we'll sit back there and we'll talk about Pastor Daniel. Well, you know, he should have did this. He should have did that. Well, he should have did it this way. Well, you know, when God puts you in leadership, okay, we'll do it the way you, th we, you think it should be done. But we have to trust the man of God. We have to support the man of God. And when he moves, we got to move. When he goes, we got to go. And when he shouts, we got to shout. You have to know and you have to understand leadership. Wow. God gives the pastor spiritual authority. You know, Elisha understood it when he worked for Elijah. You know, that he would get his chance, you know, one day. He asked for a double portion. And because he was such a great servant, God gave him the double portion. You know, Joshua would lead the people, you know, because he was a great servant to, to Moses. You know, you got to understand, you got to serve in the position that God has put you so that we can move the kingdom of God for. And then God will keep on raising up leaders. We're not going to be shepherdless. God is going to always give a person to represent him to us. And as long as they're following God, we need to follow them. So you don't only need to recognize who's in leadership. God first and then under him, Pastor Daniel, as far as this church goes. But thirdly, you need to have the right attitude. You need to be in the right place at the right time, in the right frame of mind. In um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, we have the mind of Christ. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind. So don't be afraid to move out of your place of comfort. Uh, I don't want to do this. I don't, I, don't want, I'm not, I don't think I could do that. Don't be afraid. If God asks you to do something, say, yes, God. Here I am. Be unto me as you have said, and let's move this thing forward. Because God will not ask you to do something and then not empower you to do it. And they go, well, well why do those people get to lay hands on the sick? And they get to recover. How come I can't go lay hands on the sick? You know, God's given us spiritual authority because we showed up. You know, we, you know, I started in a bathroom. Every good minister, every good servant of God starts in the bathroom. That's what I think. You know, and I started in a bathroom scrubbing toilets and taking out the trash. That's why I, I didn't even ask for the job. I just took it. You know, I was like, yeah, I can do that. And I wanted to do something to help out. So I took up my position in the bathroom. And then I got really fiercely jealous about that position. And when people tried to help me, I wouldn't let them. But I didn't understand the principle of leadership is raising up people. You know, I just wanted to keep my job. No, get off my trash. I was all mad stuff, you know. You find a job you like doing and you can do it and you're good at it, you don't want nobody to help you. But God had to teach me to give. It moved me up. Then I remember they made me a, a Sunday school teacher, and I was, I was teaching the three- to five-year-olds in Sunday school. After that, you know, I became a, a, a men's leader in a church. After that, I became a youth leader in a church. You know, after that, you know, some years later, I'd become a pastor. 
you know, and I, I started in the bathroom. I started serving. I started showing up every time. You know, the pastor thought I was crazy because he'd get up in the morning, come outside to get his newspaper, and I'd be parked outside his house. Because wherever he was going, I was going. I, I had lost my mind, you know. <laughs> but it was all following the leader. It was all having the right place, being in the right place in the, in the, in the, at the right time in the right frame of mind. And because of that, I got to go everywhere he went. Because of that, because he saw that I was, I was loyal, that I was faithful, a little off my rocker, and stuff, but he, he, could, he could count on me, though. You know, so I got keys to the church. And I became in charge of the early morning prayer meetings. Why? Because I would show up. He can count on me. I'd be there. Do you know that, when was the last time you guys, I just asked y'all, when was the last time y'all saw me sick? I tell you why, it's, it's few and far between. And I can count on my hand the times I've missed a service. Any service. I'm always here. I'm here in the morning, I'm here at night. It's just my habit. Only person that, that beats me out is Pastor Kirsten. Amen. I, I, I don't know about him, you know. Two hours before I even think about getting out of bed, he's already at prayer. I'm like, oh, shoot. But our ability to show up is very important. Number four, we can get the victory if we don't rely on our own strength or our own power, but on the power of God. Be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. You got to be strong in God. You got to let God work through you. You ain't going to never be qualified. You're never going to be able to do the things that God asks you to do without him. He doesn't need you in your strength. He needs you in your submission. You say, God, work through me however you want to work through me. Use me the way you want to use me. So you might have a Ph.D. working in the bathroom. I'm, I'm serious. I, but God will pour his power through you in the bathroom. God will pour his power through you in the sound booth because you show up and you're there. But it's, it's not your might. Well, I don't know how to work with computers. You know, that's okay. You know, be available. Be teachable. And watch God work for you. Watch God change you. Watch God put an instrument in your hand and you start playing. Watch God sing to you. I can't sing. But if you open your mouth in Jesus' name, not in your own power, in your own might, God will tune you up. Y'all think I'm joking, man. I just, I just showed up, man. I, I showed up for a Christmas play. And then I, I, I got a star and roll in the Christmas play. You know, it, it's crazy. You know, just showed up. Never did any acting. Just showed up. Okay, and watch God use me. God wants to use you. You just need to, you need to show up. Wow, coming back to the show up thing. But I'm talking about the steps to win a spiritual victory in your life. Hallelujah. You got to remember it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. If the Holy Spirit is inside of you, you're more than a conqueror through Christ. In Acts chapter 1-8, it says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. A lot of people shrink away from the Holy Spirit. Well, you need to go after him with all your might. 
with all your soul. You need to have power. And God will release his power through you. And you will do great and mighty things. You do. Ooh. God just wants to work to you, man. He wants to, he wants to use you. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. There's no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. God wants to work through you. Ooh. But you need the Holy Ghost. The fifth thing you need to be is a person of vision. In Joshua, again, in, 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 in chapter 6, in verse 2, God said this, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, the king and his mighty power. You need to see through God's eyes. Ooh, that's hard to do, ain't it? See what God sees. You know, if you looked at other people with God's eyes, you would realize that God loves them people that you're looking at. Regardless of how you feel about them, God still loves them. And this is the thing is, you ought to love what God loves. You want to hate something, hate what God hates. God hates sin. Okay, you hate that thing. All right. But love people. Because God loves the people that you're looking at. Those people that did you wrong, God loves them. You know, God loves you. And don't act like you perfect. Like you ain't never hurt nobody. Well, I ain't never did nothing. I ain't never took nothing. nothing. I ain't never. Shut up. <laughs> God knows my heart. Yeah, your heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. You know. <laughs> you got to see things the way God sees them. So when God told me that he's given us the city, I got an agreement with him. Say, God's giving us a city. I went, wow, God's giving us a city. I tried to see the way God sees and think the way God thinks. Remember he told Peter, he said, cast the net on the other side. Peter was like, I'm the fisherman. Nevertheless, God, it's because it's you, I'm going to do it. Whoa! And caught all them fish. Ooh. Whoa! When we just give up and we let go and we let God in our lives, man, nothing is impossible. Nothing's too hard. Nothing's too difficult. God wants to use us. We just have to obey him. We just have to do it. We have to see how he sees. We have to think how he thinks. And it starts with obedience. See, your, your mind to catch up to your obedience. Like, you know, it's like Peter, man. He said, Lord, if it be you, bid me come to you on the water. Everybody just think Peter leaped out of that boat and just went running. I ain't how I would have did it. I would have kind of like backed down a little bit. And put, <laughs> you know, oh, okay, you know. Uh, uh. You know, he told Moses, he said, what have you had in your hand? And he goes, okay, God. Then the water went boosh, and he went, yeah. <laughs> See, we know we got to try God. You know, we got we to gotta exercise our faith. We got to have vision. We got to see when God says he's given us a city, I went, I said, oh, wow. That means, God, you're releasing the kingdom through this church. That means we can go on the highways and byways and pray. That means whatever we ask, when we show up at the city council meetings, they're going to give us what we ask for because we showed up. You've given us a city. All the laws that we won't change, we can just submit the laws, submit the bills, and, we'll, and it'll change. God's given us a city. We need to exercise our God-given right. 
We need to stop being so quiet. And maybe we need to stand up and shout a little bit what you think. Hallelujah. Yeah. No, we ain't going away. We just getting started. Ooh. Ooh. You got to be a person of vision. You can't look at your circumstance and situation and limit yourself. You know, vision goes beyond what you see. You know, <laughs> Paul sat in a jail cell. And he wrote on everything he could to write the letters, the epistles of the Bible that he wrote. Most of the Bible that he wrote, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Most of that he did while he was in jail. Writing on anything he could. He said, send this letter. Just all day long, just like I got all this time, I might as well write something down. You know, he wasn't limited by where he was at. They had to rotate his guards every four hours. Because if they spent time with, with, with Paul, he would, give, he would convert them to Christianity and they'd get saved. You know, it's a trip. The, the man was something else. He never stopped moving. He turned every circumstance and every situation into victory. Whenever he was handing lemons, he made... Hebrews 11.30 says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down. After they were compassed about for seven days. Oh, if we would just hold up for just a little while, God would show up and break through. And as all the people have pronounced death over you, if all the people said you're a failure, you'll never get up. After all the people have done all that, God came. <laughs> God came, picked you up, and, and strengthened you, and made you strong. Stood you back up when everybody quit on you, God came and found Even when you quit on yourself, God wouldn't let you perish. He came and got you. wouldn't be sitting here today if it was just by your will. But, but the will of God was that you be saved. And he came and he got you. We got to see things through God's eyes. We can't be people of little faith. Whoa. Our faith has to be in the one who called us. In the one who raised us up. What number I'm on? Number six, yeah, you, I'm sorry. You have to have faith that brings down walls. You have to have faith that looks at impossible situations. You know, Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain and say, be moved, and it will by no means remain there but be cast into the sea. It'll jump up and jump in the water just because you said be moved. He said, if you only had a little faith, you can believe, well, God, I can't believe God to, to move a mountain. Well, you don't really have to. But you can believe God that he'll, he'll, he'll move every blockade so you can get you a house. You can believe God that he'll move, he'll move heaven and earth for you so that you can get the job that you want. You can believe God, hallelujah, that he'll heal you in your body where the doctor said you could not be healed. Hallelujah. You, you don't need to move, you know, the mountain. Okay? You just need to move the little tiny little obstacle that's in front of you. you know. Oh, snap. Yeah, start small. Work your way up to the mountain. Praise God. Hallelujah. But you will get there. Wow. We got to have a kind of faith that brings down walls. Well, last. Hallelujah. Number seven. Good Lord. Where's number seven? Okay. You got to take action. You can't just sit around and twiddle your thumbs. You got to get out there and get busy. 
get working. You know, God ain't going to show up for you for nothing. You know, oh, you just want to sit here in a chair. Either. God, use me. I'm not going to use you while you're sitting over here doing nothing. He said, but as soon as your foot hit the water, I'll split that thing wide open. Soon as you go out to reach out, you ain't going to never feel like this. Soon as you go out and reach out and reach your hand out and say, I'm going to pray for the sick. Soon as you stretch forth your hand, then God's going to flow through your hand and he's going to heal somebody. Why? Because you went and did something. You, you, you made an action. Wow. Soon as you start praying for somebody who can't be saved, who said they'll never come to church, I will never, ever, ever, ever come on somebody, go to that church on the corner of Lucille and Spruce. And then you just go, <laughs> you just start praying. You just start believing God. You just start releasing your faith. And then next thing you know, you look up and they're sitting right next to you. Come on. And you go, what happened? I got you and you'll never, ever come on. Go! Jesus! You know why? Because the Bible says that God be true in every man alive. Ooh. Let me give you some advice. Stop listening to unsaved people. Would you stop that? They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're saying. They don't know your God. Stop listening to them. The Bible says in, in Psalms chapter 1, it said, Blessed is the man that walk, walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted beside the rivers of the water, that bringeth forth their fruit in their season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And you listen to those ungodly people, oh, that's not going to work. But that ain't what God said. You know, I did that 100,000 times. It ain't never worked for me. But you don't know who I know. Hallelujah. Oh! You got to see right. You got to think right. You got to be right. Let me wrap this thing up. We got a city to take. You know, this is an opportunity where we get to not only just just hear about what God has done but be a part of what God is doing I want to tell you something that if God can save me he can save anybody I was worse than the worst I was darker than dark and I'm not just talking about my skin color I'm talking about my heart and you know and Pastor Daniel you know he says you know you know, you, you know, Pastor Vince, you're, you're a man of great compassion. I got to have compassion. Because the people that I'm dealing with ain't as bad as what I used to be. You know, I, I cannot not be merciful. How can we not go out there into that dying world and have the devil that was be beating people up for all their lives? How can we not go out there and stretch forth our hand in Jesus' name? and see them saved, and see them healed, and see them delivered. You go, well, Pastor, I'm not there yet. You have to contend. You have to, God says, I'm a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. You got to go after God. Listen to me. You got to stop going after stuff for yourself. 
you know, you've been at the head of your, your, your helm. You've been steering your ship way too long. Your life has been about you way too long. You need to start to be out carrying around. You know what you do? You go find somebody who got a worse problem and situation than you got. And you help them. You know, sitting around piling over oh, with me and sticking your thumb in your mouth. I'm... Listen to me. There's a better way. I'm not saying, you know, that you ain't hurting. I'm not saying that your pain ain't real. I'm just saying there's a better way to get free than you sitting around moping. Okay, you can get up. You can get out. You just got to do things God's way. You got to see if you're going to get victory in your life, you got to start obeying God now. Not talk, talking about, oh, when I get free. Oh, when I, you know when you get free? It's when you start moving. And when you start going. And when you start making up your mind and saying, I'm not going to be like this anymore. I'm, not, I'm tired of being depressed. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I got to get up. God, help me. And you know where, God? I'm going to do the best thing I can. Hallelujah. Yeah, you know what? When you're looking at a problem and situation, this thing that held you too, too long, you need to just get a little shout going in you. You need to, ah! You need to, ah! You need to let me go! Ah! You ain't got to shout at people. You need to shout your problem down and it ain't a person. Whatever's holding you back. Whatever excuse you got, you need to get a shout going. You know, praise will kill a devil. Praise will send the devil screaming and running for a cover. Because no matter what the enemy's done to you, you still got a song. You still got a praise. You know why? Because your God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. When he rolled up his sleeve, he wasn't putting on a ritz. Our God is an awesome God. He's got thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fist. Our God is an awesome God. The Lord wasn't playing when he kicked them out of Eden. It wasn't for no reason that he shed his blood. He's coming back again, so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God. Come on! Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wind. Stump power and love, our God is an awesome God. One more time. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Awesome God. Let me tell you something. You have to see your God, your personal Savior, as awesome. But whatever you focus on is wherever you draw your strength from. And in your little cage, in your little circumstances, your little situation, you ain't going to get no strength from that. You got to get your eyes on something stronger than you, something greater than yourself. Get your eyes on God. The Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. You know what? You how you magnify the Lord is you, you look at him till he's all that you see. 
And he's then magnified in your sight. And as you look at him, he will fill you full of strength. He will put the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you and raise you up as a man or woman of God. And pretty soon, you'll be start talking like God talks. You'll start doing what God does because you're focused in on him. And you've been watching him. And all of a sudden, that thing that you thought was too hard for you, now you're like, hey! 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 Now you start shouting at what used to shout at you. Sit down. Show them now! You know, Goliath said, what is you? Come at me with a stick and say, shut up, Goliath. The day your head's going to be in the valley. It's you that's going down. Not me, buddy. Ah, come on. Ah. You're looking at immovable, impenetrable walls. Things that have never been broken. Jericho had double walls. They had a big, wide wall. And 15 feet after that, they had a second wall just as wide. And they stood on those two, two things and said, you're not coming in. The children of Israel didn't throw one catapult. They didn't throw one spear or shoot one arrow. All they did was shout at that thing at the command of the Lord. Oh, you need to wait. I know you can shout when you want to shout, but you need to wait for God to speak to you. Hallelujah. But you need to be ready. You need to prepare yourself. I don't know what you got to do. I don't know how long you got to walk around that thing. Hallelujah. I don't know how wrong you got to, you got to obey God in your, your quietness. But when he tells you to shout, I want you to know that whatever you're looking at is going down. Hallelujah. And those walls, all the walls fell inward. Not a single wall fell outward. Double walls. This is... Archaeological wise, impossible. But when they unearthed the city of Jericho, what they found was all the walls had fallen into the city. Not a single wall fell outside the city. You know why? Because God's people was walking around the outside. All them walls fell inside, which they say is impossible, but yet it happened. And they confirmed it. I don't know what is in your life that needs to go down. But you need to get ready to shout, church. You're getting ready to put that thing down in the dirt. Hallelujah. What beat you up before is not going to beat you up anymore. You're now a child of God. Hallelujah. And God, behind your obedience, will put his power and he will bring the walls down. Hallelujah. Look to me. When we say that no weapon formed against you will prosper, that's what it means. It doesn't mean that there won't be no weapons formed against you. It doesn't mean they won't come and scream at you. It, wasn't, it doesn't mean they won't come and put you down, chain you up, try to hold you to your past. What I'm just saying is, it won't work. You need to make up your mind. And nobody else can make it up for you. You need to make up your mind tonight. Are you coming out? Are you getting out? Are you letting go of the things that hold you back? You're going to get your shout back. You're going to get your praise back. Now you're going to focus your attention on something that makes you stronger, not something that makes you weaker. Come on. God 
created you in his image and he wants you to be bad to the bone. Ooh, he wants to put a two-edged sword in your hand. He wants to put the armor of God on you so you can go out and fight the good fight. Not like the world fights. Hallelujah, but, but how God created you to fight. God wants you to be free. The enemy has chained you up for too long. Shut you up for too long. Hallelujah. It's time now. Hallelujah. Lift your voice. And where you start is lifting your voice to the most high God. Why do you think the only name that can't be said in schools or in colleges is the name of Jesus? You can say Muhammad. You can say Buddha. You can say whoever you want to say. But all of a sudden, it's illegal to say Jesus. All of a sudden, that is the name that has power. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess of those on the earth, in heaven, and beneath the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of our Father. Ow! We used to sing a song called Shout to the Lord. We used to sing that song, man. Song didn't have no shouting in it, you know, but it was a song that caused you to want to shout and stuff. There's a shout inside of you. There's a cry that goes up to the Lord that the enemy can't stop from hearing. There's a freedom that's coming to you in this room and in your life. There's deliverance that's coming tonight. If you will believe God, you don't have to believe me. God will set you free. You were made in the image of God. God loves you. He wants you to be a child of his. He wants you to be who you were created to be. He wants you to be strong. Not in your own power, but in the power of his mind. He said of his church and the people in it, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth. God's trying to give you your authority back. He's trying to help you, not hurt you. He's trying to strengthen you. So the enemy has lied on him and said, God just want to change you. Yeah, God wants to change you to be right. To be powerful and to be strong. But you cannot be that way until you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you're here tonight and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, tonight is the night. I'm telling you that God wants to heal you and deliver you and set you free. But you can't no longer be wimpy and looking around at other people, worrying about what they think of you you got to stand with God. And if you will stand with God, he will stand with you. The Bible says if you confess him before men, he will confess you before his Father in heaven. He said, but if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. And what he's saying is, is stand with me, and I will stand with you. Walk with me, and I will walk with you. I will set you free, and the enemy will no longer ever be able to bind you up again. I'll put a shout inside of you that'll shake the very gates of hell. If you're here tonight and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you that opportunity. Would you all stand with me tonight? Now Jesus hung openly on the cross. It's, it's not a crazy thing to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's a personal thing between you and him, but it's something that's done in public. He shed his blood for you personally, but he did it in public. Hey, he wants to walk with you and be beside you. He wants to be married to you. He wants to be attached to you. 
You know, be careful about marrying people who want to do it in secret. Don't do it. You want a relationship with Jesus, even though it's a personal relationship, it's not something that's done in secret. It's something that's done in public. If you cannot stand with God in this house where people stand with him, then you'll never live for him when you leave this place. If you want to receive Jesus tonight as your personal shame, as your personal Savior, without shame, without hesitation, just lift your hand and wave at me. Anybody else want to come to Christ? Now let the spirit of boldness come on you and come out of your seats and come stand here on these altars. forevermore come into my life come into my heart be my Lord be my Savior write my name in your book of life and make heaven my home thank you Jesus for hearing my prayer thank you Jesus for saving me thank you Jesus for loving me man let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, Lord, that your word says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart on the Lord Jesus, whoa, that you shall be saved. And I thank you, Lord, that everybody that repeated that prayer and met it in their hearts are saved. And Lord, their destination, Lord, is no longer a place of out of darkness, but a place you describe as heaven. Hallelujah. A place where there's no more tears and no more crying there, God. Hallelujah. And I just thank you, Father, that from this day forth, Lord, they will never run to you when they when they will never run from you when they make a mistake, God. When they slip and fall. None of us will run from you, God. But we'll always run to you, God. When we receive mercy, grace, forgiveness, restoration, love, and salvation, God. We will walk with you, Lord, for all the days of our life. Hallelujah. Now I pronounce, Lord, right now that these people are clean. That they're set free, Lord. That by the power of your Holy Spirit, you've taken up residence inside of them. I pray, Lord, that you would baptize them. You would baptize them right now, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And bless them, Lord, for the rest of their days. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 
we got counselors coming. Hallelujah. They're going to pray with you. And they're going to have you fill out a little um, piece of paper so that we can follow up on you and be, and be with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you, and I'm going to pray for this congregation in a minute. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight and you've lost your joy, you lost your shout, God to break through, to break chains. Even as I pray for these up here, I want you to come, but I want you to come right after this. Let me, let me dismiss you in my name of Jesus that those who want to remain and those who want prayer, you can continue to come. The rest, we can quietly leave this place as we minister to those. God is not just, we're not ending the service. God is starting something up here. When we get to praying for everyone up here, God's going to do great and mighty things. If you need God to do something for you, you can also come and, and join us on these altars, either to my left or to the right. But let me dismiss you in prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, for all those that hold your word, Lord, that we've spoken tonight, God, that you will give them a shout back, Lord. Hallelujah, Father Paul. Hallelujah, Father. That you will allow them, Lord, hallelujah, to take up position in this church, God, in the kingdom of God, and be who you call them to be, and do what you call them to do, Lord. Give them their, their shout back, God. Give them their joy back. Hallelujah, Father. And let them go and help others to have what they have. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. God bless you. God be with you. We'll see you Sunday. If you need prayer, you can come at this time.